1: Welcome to the Spiritually Minded Mom podcast. This is Darla, and I am so glad that you're here today. With everything that's been going on in my life, with having a holiday of Thanksgiving and a lot of work assignments, plus kids' activities, just everything going on, I did not get a podcast episode ready to go for this week. But what I did decide to do was share a replay of a previous episode that I have done, because it's an episode that really stuck with me, really changed some of my thinking, that, and one that I really learned a lot from this guest. So the episode that I'm gonna be replaying and sharing today is episode six. And this was an episode that I did with an interview with Monica Packer. The name of the episode was Growing Into Motherhood and Learning How God Speaks to You. And one of the reasons that I wanted to reshare this interview is because it was a real shift for me in how I was approaching the podcast and the things that I was sharing on Instagram. When I started the Spiritually Minded Mom podcast and the Instagram account, my only goal, and it's still my only goal, is to show how God is our partner in motherhood and how we can have a spiritual experience with him and we can know him. And Monica's interview, which was episode six, so this was very early on when I was new to podcasting and, and doing this whole thing, really opened my eyes to the fact that we are all different and that God communicates with each of us differently. So. I had kind of always had this thought that, you know, this is how God communicates because it was the way He communicated with me. And Monica was the first guest, and there have been many others since then that have opened my eyes to see that we are not all the same, that God communicates with us in the way that we need it. And Monica talks in the interview about how a lot of times she hasn't felt God, but she's been able to look back and see him. And one of the things I've been thinking about recently is that sometimes God is quiet and and there's always a reason for that. And he just, he touches us and talks to us and and communicates with us all differently. And so Monica opened my eyes to say, you know, the way that he reaches me is not the same way that he reaches her or someone else. And so it really changed my approach to the podcast and what I wanted to share. And that is that we all have a unique journey. We all have a a way to communicate with him. And so don't compare yourself or the way that you are filling the spirit with someone else. And I really give Monica the credit for opening my eyes and helping me to change and to learn and to grow. And if the, I hope that this podcast is helping you, but if it's not, at least it's helping me. It's really helping me to grow and to learn and to um, have new insights and new perspectives on things in my life and, and how I can help other people. So I am happy to replay this episode for you today with Monica Packer. Welcome to Spiritually Minded Mom Podcast. Today on the podcast, I am going to be interviewing Monica Packer. And you may know her as a blogger and a podcaster on About Progress, where she talks and writes about overcoming perfection. But she's also a wife and a mother, and I am really excited to have her on today to talk about her thoughts on motherhood. So welcome, Monica.
0: Thank you for having me. This is so fun.
1: Thank you so much. Okay, so let's just jump right in. And to start off, can you just tell us a little bit about your family? What makes your family unique? Who you are?
0: Um, We have lived in the San Francisco Bay Area For um, 10 and a half years. We have four kids. uh, Our oldest is six, and then we have a four year old, a two year old, and we have a two month old. And I don't know what makes our family unique uh, beyond just an obsession with Star Wars this year, um, (laughs) like everybody else. Um, You know what? We just love making cookies. That's probably our favorite (laughs) thing to do. So maybe that's what makes us unique, but we love reading and eating cookies.
1: That is awesome. And I can relate to the Star Wars thing. My kids are much older, but we're obsessed with Star Wars too. So
0: yeah, that's awesome.
1: It is fun. Okay. So tell me what you love about being a mom. What's your favorite part?
0: One of the things that I absolutely love about being a mom is sharing the things that I love with my kids and seeing them be interested in them as well. So like reading is obviously one of those because I I said we love to read, but I I just love to see um, my oldest nose in a book. And I love to see my younger kids bring me books. And that's just a really fun thing for me to see. And now we're getting them into musicals and we're getting them into, um, like Star Wars, which my husband is really into, and he's he loves skateboarding and watching people are awesome videos, so our kids love watching those. It's just that's probably the best part of motherhood for me.
1: Just watching them grow and learn the things that they love and all of that. I thought that's great. Yeah.
0: I love sharing what I love and I also love seeing what they love. I mean, yeah. They have so many interests that I don't, and it's like I've learned a ton about koalas because of my oldest <laughs> as well. Like a huge amount about koalas and sea creatures. So I, I'm learning alongside them. It's really fun,
1: I know it's so funny how, you know, all your kids can be so different. i That was one thing oh, I thought yeah. when I became a mom. I'm like, oh, they're all going to be the same, and I'm just going to you know figure <laughs> something out and just keep doing it. And it's they just all have their own interests and their own, you know, little uniqueness and and things. so it is but it is fun to figure all that out. i I enjoy that too. yeah, it's fun to see who they grow up to be. Exactly. Yes. So you mentioned to me earlier when we were talking that one of the things that keeps you going on the hard days of motherhood, because we all know that we have them, Mm -hmm. is to remember that motherhood was a choice for you. So I would love to dive in a little deeper on that. What does that mean to you? And how does that help you get through those hard days? Well,
0: this is something that um, I talked to a lot of other young moms about, I mean, I'm obviously not too far into motherhood. I'm not an expert. My oldest will be turning seven in July, but the early years of motherhood for me, I mean, I was so excited to be a mom and I was ready for that step and everything. But then when you get in the real trenches with two and three kids for me, um, was the hardest transition for three. Mm-hmm. You can often forget that you chose this. And that this is an actuality what you wanted. And I don't mean that I was acting bitter or resentful or angry, but I just felt more burdened by it and overwhelmed by the stress than feeling the joy. I mean, the stress outweighed the joy for me for a few years in, in my motherhood journey. So what I have worked on is reminding myself that I chose this. And when I remind myself that, I, I, I like give myself back the power of owning that decision and sitting with it in a, in a more empowered way. So even though I might look the same on the outside, on the inside, it's, I feel so much stronger as a mom reminding myself that this is actually what I want. I want to be here. I want to be handling these tantrums and the milk spilling and the sibling fighting and the mess. That's what I want.
1: Do you have any specific thing that you do as a reminder? Do you have something physical that you look at or that you, a phrase that you think of, anything like that that just helps you remember, oh yeah, I chose this?
0: You know, I wish I could say that I had a painting or a picture. Um, but I think it's just been more of a mental training for me. I just think those words, I just think I chose this when I'm having a hard time, when one of my kids is really throwing a terrible tantrum for the fifth time that day. Um, I just think I chose this and I decide to sit with it better instead of letting that resentment peek in, like, Oh, I have to deal with this again. Are you kidding me? It's like, I, I chose this. I'm the one who gets to teach this child. So it really is just a mental thing for me, but I would love a sign. I should probably create a sign. <laughs> I
1: don't really think you big. necessarily have to have one. I think the mental thing is, is great, but I'm sure a lot of moms can relate to that. You know, you just mm-hmm. get in the middle of it and it, and sometimes it just feels like it happens so fast. You just, and you go, how did I get here? And yeah. what am I doing? And I think so many moms can relate to that. My goodness, I know well, I
0: can.
1: I think, you, I think it's a, a
0: surprising when you get to that point. Cause you're, you're like, wait, this is not how I envisioned myself. Like I didn't envision it being so hard, but I didn't envision me feeling more stress than happy or right. more anxiety or, you know, that's kind of the startling part of it is looking at yourself and realizing, hey, this is not me or this is not how I want to be as a parent or a mom. And, and you'd have that choice, though. You have that choice to sit back because you really could make other choices. You really could do other things with your life. I mean, right. you really could. So you still have a choice in the matter.
1: Yeah, you're not totally stuck with it. There's things that you can do. So, so mm-hmm. what do you what would your advice be to a mom who's feeling like they're not in that mental state where they can feel like they made this choice and and they, you know, they're feeling a little bit lost in motherhood. What would you say to a mom that was mm-hmm. in that situation?
0: Well, there's a lot of different areas to this and this is something I've begun coaching um young moms with ones who feel lost but have gifts and talents that they once had and they're just not feeling like they're progressing in their own life anymore, or they just feel lost in what their vision is of the future and how they fit in and all that. So one of the things I would start with is doing a lot of thought work on it. I mean, take some time to, uh, to have, maybe take a day off. I mean, it's worth a babysitter for a day to go and think somewhere. If that means going to the gym to think and, and walking around your neighborhood or just some time to really just evaluate how am I here? How did I get here? And what do I want? And for some of, some of the people who I talk to, it might be, I need more time to myself because I don't have anything to give. Maybe that means investing in a little mommy's helper and, and your ward to come once or twice a week, even while you're home, just to play with your kids. So you, you can clean without feeling frazzled or so that you can sit in the back room and read a book. You know, I think The other part of that is evaluating what you loved to do before. What are some dreams that you put on the back burner once you had kids? And they can be big and small. Like, what if you always wanted to learn how to sew? Or what if you loved reading but have barely been able to pick up a book? Or what if you would love to train for a marathon You know, Or if it's even something business-related, maybe you want to start a small business on the side or even a big one. Maybe you need to go back to work. It's just thinking, what, what did I once give myself by nurturing my gifts and talents that I can now put back into my life again? Whether it's 20 minutes a day or it's hours a week, what do I need? And for me, that meant doing the stuff I'm doing right now. I'd always wanted to start a blog. And I did not out of years of fear and feeling like I didn't have the time. And then I just did it. And I can't tell you, you know, it's not like I was suddenly hugely popular or successful. I haven't made a dime. You know, it's (laughs) just more what it gave back to me has been immeasurable. I feel like I found myself again. And in doing that. I've been able to give so much more to my family and be so much happier with them and the choice that I've made with them. And I also did a ton of thought work. I did a, I I went back to therapy for one, and I I think that's an important step for many people just to walk through my steps of where I was in my life and what I wanted. And I came back to the decisions I'd already made. Funnily enough, I wanted to be home. I wanted to be with my kids as much as possible, so owning that helped a lot, and and also injecting a lot of what I needed on top of it for myself, and that was a project that was something to work on. That was a little time away from them. That was a mommy's helper that I've just started doing this fall, and it's been great to have them. So I now I feel like I'm talking forever because I'm not used <laughs> to talking so much.
1: No, <laughs> you're totally fine. You are totally fine. Know you know, I'm. Not for you. I'm just <laughs> thinking as you're talking, like. It's a process and it's different for every mom. And so don't feel, moms shouldn't feel frustrated if you try something and it doesn't work out or, you know, you don't Mm -hmm. have the time or just keep trying. I know for me, that's what it's been.
0: Yeah. Not everything needs to be a smashing success. You don't need to be Instagram famous to have a hobby on the side, you know, but I also think we women need to remind ourselves that a lot of us grow into motherhood a lot of us, it might not come so naturally. And that was one thing I was probably the most surprised by is that it didn't feel natural for me for a long time. And I really had to cultivate that and build these relationships with my kids, just like I would any other person. For me, I feel like I've had to grow into this role and I'm starting to feel like I'm am I getting it? You know, like, okay, I'm mom, like, quote, unquote, yeah. I'm mom.
1: It, but it totally is a process. I mean, I'm a couple years ahead of you. And there's been times where I'm like, Oh, I totally got this figured out. And then, yes. you know, your kids <laughs> come to a different season of life, or, you know, something mm-hmm. shifts in your family. And then you're like, Oh, I don't know what I'm Whoops. doing. I mean, that's life. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. totally how it goes. And And it's easy to feel lost in that. But like you said, Mm -hmm. if you just take the effort to find the process that's going to work for you and it's different for everyone. So how do you find the time to spend on yourself? How do you balance that and not feel the mom guilt that, you know, Mm -hmm. we all experience?
0: Well, one thing I just worked with uh, a client on this too, it's not lowering your expectations. I think it's making it more realistic. So for this person I was talking to, she was like, I want to wake up at 6am every day. And, but when I don't, then I just give up. Like if I've woken up late, then I I don't, I just stay in bed. I'm like, well, how about we start with 10 minutes? Mm -hmm. Just wake up 10 minutes before your kids. And she's done that for like four weeks and she cannot believe what a difference just 10 minutes has made for her to wake up earlier, just 10 minutes. And then the same thing is just, so that's one thing I do try to do, except not right now, because I've got this a, a newborn. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> we're still in the trenches of that. I just wake up when the baby wakes up and the other kids right now, but something like that, to have a little clarity in the morning, to start your day, to take a few deep breaths and, and resent to yourself spiritually. That is the, that's, that's such a key, I think, to finding that time for yourself. And also later on in the day too. Um, I think I do little things for myself all day. Like if I'm on a walk with the kids or I'm Making um food in the kitchen, like I'm doing things for them. I'm cleaning. But what I'm doing, I'm listening to something I want to listen to. Um Mm -hmm. maybe we don't listen to kids tunes all day or audiobooks. We I I put on music that I want sometimes. I or a lot of times, or sometimes it's even just telling your child you need a little quiet time and I do too. And putting yourself in another room and taking that time to do invest in yourself. So I do those. I do a lot of things during nap time. Even if it's just a half hour or 15 minutes, that's what I do. And just those few moments throughout the day helps a lot. That's where I get that time.
1: Yeah. And it really does make a difference. Like you said earlier, you know, when you can fill yourself up, you can give back more to, and your family will get more from you. So much
0: more. It's so Mm -hmm. true.
1: So one of the other things I wanted to talk to you about is figuring out your children's individual needs. And... Mm. I kind of mentioned that before, like, I thought all my kids were going to be the same, and boy, are they not. Yeah. So yes. tell me how what that process has looked like for you. How have you figured out how to love your children individually and figure out who they are?
0: I try to be more general here just because, you know, I don't know who they're going to grow up to become later on. Right. I don't want this, like out there to be a record of what they were at the time or maybe like a label that perhaps they don't have you know later on so I'm going to be a little ambiguous here
1: but that's totally fine
0: yeah my two of my my kids have some really unique needs and some special needs they've just been tremendously stressful for one but exact opposite of each other. <laughs> Which has been, what? I so mean, the it, skills it, you it's... learned
1: with one didn't transfer to the Not other. Not at all. Yeah.
0: Not at all. I mean, every single thing about them is polar opposite. One loves quiet. The other loves noise. One loves being in a room by herself. The other thrives on people. And it's just, it goes on and on. It's, but you know, so For one, I saw their differences pretty early. I mean, they were like banging me over the head with them. It wasn't like I had to discover how unique they were. It was really clear and really obvious and really not working. So (laughs) I think I've just had to be more flexible. I have learned so much from their different needs and they've demanded different things from me. So I've just had to learn different ways um, of, of parenting them and getting them help. Different ways as well. And I think for me, it's just telling myself, you have to find a new way. Like what is not working for that kid could work for the other and vice versa. So I needed to read, I needed to think, I needed to pray, I needed to ask for help. And I've gotten that. I've gotten help professionally and from the heavens, you know, and helping my kids sort this out. And, you know, that's the funny thing about their different needs is they tend, they help each other with their weaknesses is the weird part. Yeah. My, my daughter tolerates noise a little better because of her brother, even though she did it for a long time and he's learning to be a little softer and, and they play together well when they do, you know, there's there are different um, miracles that way, I think.
1: So was there ever a time where or... I'm, I'm sure there's been many times when you just felt like you just had a gut feeling that this is what you needed to do. This is the direction you need to go. But everyone's around you saying, what are you doing? You know, how did you trust that? How did, how did you figure that out? Well, my
0: oldest in particular, I just knew right away that she was really unique. I have to tell you that I was brushed off so much by my my doctors and then like Uh, preschool teachers and then like evaluators I mean everybody just thought I was a nervous first-time mom and I had to hold strong to my convictions that she is unique she has she has things that she needs help with and you need to help her and we have been through this for almost seven years now and I still am trying to get people on my side which has been equal parts stressful and exhausting But I'm holding firm to that, and I think it's it's finally being clear to people that they that okay, you're right, mama. Like let's let's take care of this. Let's try to help her. And I'm just I'm I'm grateful that even though I feel like I had to grow into being a mom, I'm grateful that I felt like I I understood her personality pretty quick, and same with the other. And um, I had a more recent experience as well with my baby. I don't know if that was something you wanted to chat about.
1: Yes, I would love to hear about that.
0: Yeah, well, this will be a nutshell. I mean, he he was nine days old and projectile spitting up, and I've had two acid reflux babies. So I called in and and they keep trying to tell me this, it just sounds like a really bad case of acid reflux, we'll get you in tomorrow. And okay, you know, he does it again. And I just get this feeling he's going to die. Like he's going to die. And you know how you can be a little hormonal or these weird thoughts can come into your mind after having a baby. So I knew that, but I just kept praying. Like I have all these pictures I took of him that night because I thought he was going to die.
1: <laughs> like mm. I'm like,
0: he something's really wrong with him. This could be my last night with him and nobody's returning my calls or they, we ended up finding that they had been, but my calls weren't being received by my cell phone. It was so oh, crazy.
1: But
0: anyway, I'm and the and the long and short of it is, I kept calling, I kept pushing, and I said, "I'm scared. Something is wrong. Something is really wrong." And they brought him in for testing. The first test showed nothing, and the second test showed nothing. And the radiologist is just looking at me like, "Mom, this looks like a bad case of acid reflex. Like, no, it is not. It is not. And she decided to do one more test and it showed his intestines were twisted and he had to have emergency surgery like that day, like an, an hour later we were in the, in the prep for OR. If we hadn't, I mean, it, it, it kind of twists and untwists. So maybe he wasn't doing as bad that day that he had the surgery. Um, funnily enough, the day before was, was really bad, but I mean, he very well could have died. Yeah. Um, and, and, and quickly, the bowel dies really quick. So even if he hadn't died, his bowel could have died really fast. And, you know, he'd be a baby with that sack outside his body right now. And I'm just so grateful that I still pushed for something because I tend to talk myself out of pushing for things. So I'm grateful that I did. And I'm grateful that people trusted me this time Yeah. because <laughs> they did it with my first. So I was like so grateful someone was listening to me. And that radiologist came to visit him several times in the PICU. And she told me, "I take Mom's intuition very seriously, and I was so glad she did because I mean, the other test didn't show what he had
1: yeah, you can't underestimate your instinct as a mother you You know your kids, and I really think that we can be guided from above. Mm-hmm. to know the best route to take and, and it, you shouldn't brush it off yourself. And you're a great example of just pushing through and, and not letting people tell you, no, this is no big deal. You trusted mm-hmm. that. And I, I think that's a great example to all of us.
0: And it's hard because I mean, the anxiety can be real and the fears that you have. I mean, I plan my kids' funerals like 20 times a day. Yeah. I feel like I get flashes and, oh, what song are we gonna play? You know, it's just really that can be so super tiring. It's high. It's hard to field that anxiety between what's anxiety and intuition. But I just feel like if if the thoughts are more clear for me, like, you know, that I know this this isn't just me being anxious. There's something here, and it's almost just better to to err on the side of caution, I guess, with those health issues.
1: <laughs> particularly. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you can you can trust that and and go forward with it and what's the worst that could happen you know they can tell you that nothing's wrong okay well that's Mm -hmm. that's not such a bad thing yeah So, so so monica um we've kind of alluded to it but i really i really want to touch on this how have you seen and felt god as your partner in motherhood
0: you know i wish this were a straightforward answer because i i've listened to your other episodes and i and i love what people have to say i really admire people who feel this two-way relationship with God so clearly in their lives, but it has been something that's been really difficult for me. I actually grew up very, very spiritual. I felt like I had a really strong relationship with Heavenly Father, but um, for a number of reasons, I've just struggled with that for over a dozen years. It's, it's, it was a time in my life that was really difficult in college that I was seeking his guidance and peace and doing everything I could. I just could never sense it. And that might be, it was masked because of depression. Um, maybe some anxiety. I mean, I was, I was in the middle of, um, neck deep and like eating disorders and all that stuff. So there's, there could be that equation there and that could be the equation is still for the last dozen, but I feel like I have struggled to understand his voice to know what I'm being spoken to and to feel of his peace and his love like I did all growing up. And at times I was really distraught over this. And other times I was angry. And I'm talking years here. Mm-hmm. Years of all these emotions. And other years I was apathetic. I mean I was still doing all my my side to it, but I just didn't believe anymore that the answers were gonna come. And it's been the last now probably two years that I've still, I made that commitment two years ago. Like, you know what? I I don't care if he ever answers me. And I don't mean this in the apathetic way. I mean this in the another choice. I'm making a choice and my choice is to believe he's there. Even if I don't hear him, my choice is to stay firm with my commitments that I've made. My My choice is to stay the course with my spiritual habits and to pray and read and study as if he'll answer me, even though I don't feel like he is. And making that choice, just like with motherhood, has given me a lot of peace and empowerment. It's given me more hope. And so while I don't know if I can answer as maybe other guests can, that the Spirit has prompted them, because that's something that's kind of shaky for me, I, that's hard for me to read. I, I think I have more of a logical mind now than I did growing up or or something. But I do have to say, like, I, I have to say that looking back on the past almost seven years of motherhood, it's undeniable that I have been guided. I can't deny that. even though. In the moment I felt like I was doing it on my own, I can see that I couldn't have done it on my own. I couldn't have figured these things out about my kids. I couldn't have gone the directions that I went to get them help when they needed to or to get me help when I needed to without God being part of the equation. And because I made that choice two years ago, I have been feeling more strength in the choices I make as being backed up by Heavenly Father. Like I'm owning my, my position, my role as mom, and I'm choosing to believe that I have stewardship over these children. And that when I make a decision, even if it just seems like a logical choice in my mind, a logical way to help them or be guided... I am choosing to believe that that's God behind it, and that He's giving me strength in my stewardship and guiding my choices. And I think it will be one of those things. The dawn will continue to rise. The light will slowly, slowly rise in my heart and my soul. And I feel like I'll be able to better sense what when it is Heavenly Father personally directing me. But for now, I'm I'm going on a lot of faith here and a lot of and a lot of choice to believe it.
1: I think you bring up a great point that. We all have different experiences, even with our Father in Heaven. Just like we mm-hmm. have different experiences with each of our children individually, we all have different experiences with Him. And I think it's great that we don't all feel Him the same way. Um, mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? We, yeah. We get what we need. And we were just having a discussion in church yesterday about, um, you know, how God speaks to us. And we kind of the conversation kept going, and kind of came came to the conclusion that sometimes we don't see it in the moment. A lot of the time. We don't see it in the moment. And Mm -hmm. so it takes looking back and saying, oh, how could I have gotten through that on my own? I couldn't have, you know, or writing something down and then going back and reading it later and, and realizing, oh, he was right there beside me, even though we don't always see it in the moment. And I think it's i think it's great that you're willing to share your own personal experience because there might be someone else out there feeling the same way and they that gives them hope. Mm-hmm. We're not all the same. We're not all going to have the same, get to a relationship with him in the same way. You know, we're all unique and he gives us what we need. And so I really, I am so grateful that you would be brave enough to share that because it would be easy for you to say, oh yeah, yeah I totally felt him and, you know whatever, but just
0: kind of go with it. But you know what, Darla, I have to say that, that this time with my baby, I feel like act as evidence more than any other time. Because when I was, I felt, I mean, I think the, the, um, radiologist who, but, you know, did that third test and looked at me, she was expecting me to completely fall apart when she said, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, your baby needs surgery right away. I'm like, okay, tell me the game plan. You know, it's like, let's, let's learn. And it's not like it it wouldn't have been bad if I had fallen apart. Cause obviously I did later in the ER when they poked him for an hour. Um, It's like, just find a vein. Anyway, I do feel like that the hospital room, when I was with him, I felt strong and I leaned on the years of habits I had cultivated of reading my scriptures, of praying to God. And even though all those years I never felt him, I can honestly tell you, like, mm-hmm. this isn't me just making it up or wanting to be this way. It has felt like, what's that scripture when Joseph Smith says, Where's like the pavilion is cast over thee?
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm losing
0: it my train of thought. I I, felt I know what that you're talking wave. about. Yeah. I felt like he, he had hit himself. But when I was in a hospital room and I was relying on well, what do I do right away? I pray. What do I What do I do to spend my time in this moment? I read my scriptures or I listen to talks or I put on spiritual music. And those things were there for me. They were there to mm-hmm. lift me up and empower me through some really hard, a really what could be a really scary thing. And now my challenge to myself is to carry that into my daily life. Right. I mean, I felt it there in a really high stress environment and situation. Well, I can have that strength with with my four year old, who I honestly thought I'd have to cast out a demon like a month ago, but <laughs> I think I tried. I said I'm gonna say a special prayer over you.
1: Oh yeah, you
0: four year old. Let's let's get rid of whatever is inside you. <laughs> but uh, you know, I I have to remember, it's it can be here now.
1: Yeah, it's not just about those crisis situations or the really big struggles. It can be Sometimes in. Our... It's
0: easier to fill it then. Yes, you know?
1: that is so true. You know, because you're so focused on getting that help. Mm-hmm. But but you can you yeah. can get that help in the small details of your life. You know, he, he really cares. I was thinking yesterday we during this conversation we had at church. I was thinking about a time when my son was three and he was really attached to this little stuffed animal. And oh. so I prayed and Heavenly Father's told me to look in a backpack and we found this stuffed animal. We'd been looking for it for days and he was <laughs> distraught. And I was, you know, it was a great, I've never forgotten that. And I've actually used that. He's a teenager now. I'm like, That's remember so that sweet. time we found puppy, you know,
0: yeah. God's
1: there. And he does care about the, the little things in our life as much as the big things.
0: I, you just have to believe he, he does. Cause I think, like you said, there's evidence of it. If you really if you take that moment to just say a quick prayer in your head before losing your temper when another kid has lost their temper, right. I think it does make a difference for sure.
1: You just make a good point that um you make that choice and then you just keep keep going. You do the the habits that you know are going to help you, mm-hmm. and you just yeah. have faith and you keep trusting and and you'll get where you need to be, even if it's not mm-hmm. the path you know the direct the path that you think it will or how it will end up. I don't know how to say that, but hopefully that makes sense. sense. Um, But yeah, I, I think, I think your story is great because not everybody feels God in the same way. And we all, you know, we all need to figure that out for ourselves. And I know that you're going to give hope to someone who really, who really needs that.
0: And maybe that's why I often think that maybe I just am going through this because um, one of my kids is super literal and they might struggle with spiritual stuff because they're just like, that doesn't make sense. Not logical, you know, and I've had to learn how to wade through that myself. So you never know.
1: You you never know. Really. We all all of those experiences build on each other and, and just get us where he wants us to be. And it will all have a purpose and we may not know it in the moment, but it's all gonna work out, right? That's my motto. That's my mantra mm-hmm. all the time. It will all That's work out. That's a good one. I love <laughs> be- that. Because most of the time we don't know exactly how it's mm-hmm. all gonna go. Well, Monica, thanks so much for, for sharing your insights and for coming yeah, on today. I've enjoyed it so much. I
0: think I'm, I'm just talking to the choir here. I mean, I, I'm sure any single person you have on the show is, is going to teach me so much. And that's one thing I hope women who are listening don't compare themselves to whoever's right. on. And they can just see that they are just as amazing as anyone who's been asked on. And they have just as much insight to offer and things for us to, to learn from them. So I'm really looking forward to listening and learning from who you talk to and from you, Darla.
1: Well, thank you so much.